This is Dr. Sean Canone. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. We're going to take a slight detour this week and talk about coronavirus, the virus which has made the news on a fairly staggering level here in recent weeks, originating in the Wuhan province of China, and I think infecting around 16,500 people at last count. There have been numerous deaths from the virus as well, and now first cases have appeared here in the United States. The main objective for this podcast episode is just to bring awareness about coronavirus and to give you some just basic understanding of what it is, how it spreads, how to identify it, and manage it. In addition, we also want to put coronavirus in perspective or in context with the other things that we more typically see in the long-term care, post-acute care setting, and I think you'll find this very interesting. So let's jump in. First, it's important to note that this virus is being called 2019 Novel Coronavirus, or you might see it designated 2019-NCOV. Coronavirus itself is not a very novel thing. This is the family of viruses that's responsible for the common cold, but this particular strain is novel. It has not been seen or identified in the past and obviously carries a significant amount of morbidity and mortality. As a matter of fact, at the time of this recording, there were over 24,000 people that had been diagnosed as being infected with novel coronavirus in China and more than 490 deaths. The virus has killed two people outside of mainland China. One was in Hong Kong and the other in the Philippines. And at least 25 countries do have confirmed cases now. The United States has just confirmed its 12th case of coronavirus. The first was in the state of Wisconsin, occurring back on January 21st. Scientists and researchers are studying this particular strain of coronavirus and are still learning some of the details about how it's transmitted. We know that the initial spread of this virus was likely animal-to-person, but that now there have been person-to-person confirmed cases. It's thought that the virus probably spreads in the same way the common cold spreads, primarily through respiratory and mucus secretions. The typical incubation time for the viral infection is between four and seven days, with most patients being at right around five days. Signs and symptoms that people experience with this novel coronavirus look very similar to what you'd see with other viruses. Things like fever, chills, fatigue, loss of appetite, body aches, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, congestion, sneezing, all the usual suspects. The most common presenting sign or symptoms are fever, occurring between 83 and 98% of the time, cough, occurring between 76 and 82% of the time, and myalgia or fatigue occurring between 11 and 44% of the time. The clinical course for this novel coronavirus can really be anywhere from asymptomatic and mild to severe and fatal. In terms of mortality, patients who die from novel coronavirus will probably die with pneumonia or acute respiratory distress syndrome. Diagnostic testing for coronavirus is a little bit complicated, It might be worth you talking to a laboratory representative in the facility where you practice to make sure you understand exactly how they want specimens collected and stored and what the turnaround time might be on the testing. Testing will be sent out to CDC on respiratory specimens, including nasopharyngeal swabs, tracheal aspirates, or sputum samples. 
If you were getting laboratories on these patients, which you probably would, you might find either leukopenia or leukocytosis. These can occur anywhere from 10 to 30% of the time, and it's fairly nonspecific. Lymphopenia is a little bit more common, about 63% of the time. It's also important to note that most patients are demonstrating an elevated AST and ALT, about 37% of them, as a matter of fact. So if you're going to be getting a laboratory workup on these patients, it might behoove you to get a comprehensive metabolic panel so that you can see those particular liver enzymes. In terms of imaging, those who have had chest CAT scans or x-rays have been showing mainly bilateral lung involvement with coronavirus. Uh, you might see multiple areas of consolidation or ground glass opacities. The treatment for coronavirus is the same as the treatment for the common cold. There is none. Really, it's just about symptom management and supportive care and watching for patients who may deteriorate from a respiratory standpoint. Anytime we have a suspicion for something like novel coronavirus, we should be very prompt in implementing infection prevention and control measures. One other recommendation from CDC is that corticosteroids be avoided unless otherwise indicated, as this might advance the infection. Now, the CDC's website has some really excellent information, and I would recommend that you all go to cbc.gov on a fairly regular basis just to keep tabs on what's going on with coronavirus. They have a really excellent flow chart to help identify and assess for the virus. The identification portion of this flow chart really focuses on patients who, within 14 days of the onset of symptoms, have either traveled to China or had contact, close contact, with a person known to have this illness. And if that person has a fever or symptoms of lower respiratory illness, such as cough or shortness of breath, then the recommendation is to isolate. The isolation recommended by the CDC for this kind of patient is, first, to place a face mask on the patient, second, to isolate the patient in a private room or a separate area, and third, to wear appropriate personal protective equipment. From that point, we continue to assess the clinical status of the patient, and if the index of suspicion is high, we would want to notify our local health department. This is a reportable diagnosis right now as we are in the midst of this global concern. And so we'd want to make sure that even while we're waiting for confirmative testing that we notify the authorities. This local or state health department notification requirement is for what they call people under investigation, or PUI, for this novel coronavirus. There are really three main categories for people under investigation. First are those with fever or signs and symptoms of lower respiratory illness. For them, any person who's had close contact with a confirmed case of coronavirus within 14 days of symptom onset should be considered a person under investigation. The second category are for those with fever and signs or symptoms of lower respiratory illness, such as cough or shortness of breath. For those, anyone who has had travel to this particular province in China within 14 days of symptom onset should be considered a person under investigation. And finally, the third category for those with fever and signs or symptoms of lower respiratory illness and requiring hospitalization if they've had travel to mainland China within the past 14 days, they should be considered a person under investigation. 
Now, here in the United States, there have been 12 positive cases reported. The first case report came on January 21st, 2020, as I mentioned earlier. The first confirmed person-to-person spread of the virus here in the U.S. was reported on January 30th. Right now, there are these 12 positive cases in the U.S. There are roughly 206 negatives, 76 pendings for a total of 294 cases of people under investigation. So it's really good to be aware of what's going on, to stay aware by going to the cdc.gov website. But the thing that I wanted to leave you with today is this, that as we put coronavirus in perspective, it really can help us in a couple of ways. First, it helps us to stay alert with our patients and their conditions and always thinking about how to best manage their care. But secondly, it really helps us to reframe the conversation with families and patients who are obviously very concerned about this virus and the publicity that it's gotten worldwide. By and large, we do a fairly good job at vaccinating for influenza every year in nursing home settings. But typically, staff of nursing homes are not quite as adherent to influenza vaccine as our patients. And this is a really important opportunity for us to really go back to the discussion of influenza virus. As we know, uh, there are these 12 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the U.S. There have been no deaths at all in the U.S. at this point. But in the United States, this flu season alone, there have been 19 million illnesses, 180,000 hospitalizations, and 10,000 deaths from influenza. The headline in Medscape is, Coronavirus is bad, but U.S. flu numbers still far worse. And even in the highly scientific USA Today, coronavirus is scary, but the flu is deadlier and more widespread. And they reiterate the same numbers that I relayed to you. As a matter of fact, worldwide, seasonal influenza epidemics cause 3 to 5 million severe cases every year and kill up to 650,000 people a year, according to the World Health Organization. So while we want to stay attentive to coronavirus and be aware of it, be watching for it, and mindful of it, we want to take this opportunity to go back to our patients, back to the staff that we work with, and make sure that they understand that the risks of influenza are much greater at this point and that they should take advantage of the vaccine that's already available. As a matter of fact, if there were a vaccine for novel coronavirus, which there probably will be at some point in the future, I suspect that everybody would be clamoring to get to their physician offices or to the local drugstore to get their vaccination. Yet, every year, it really is cumbersome and tedious to try to get patients vaccinated for influenza. So let's take this opportunity to re-educate ourselves, our patients, families, the staff that we work with, and encourage influenza vaccination. I hope this short podcast was helpful in some way, and uh, happy to entertain any questions that you may have if you want to email or call me. We'll be looking at the coronavirus and watching it here over the next uh, weeks and months, and if things change, we'll certainly get information to you. In the meantime, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon.